Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm the Director of the Practice Identity and Access Management here at Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today for the first time and just joined Kupinger Call Analysts is Mike Neuenschwander. And I have to read that out, actually. His role is Vice President Kupinger Call in the U.S. and Global Head of Research Strategy. Hi, Mike. Good to have you. Hi, Matthias. Good to be here. We want to talk about a topic that we have covered earlier with Alejandro Leal, our colleague. And um, you have written a blog post that comes with the nice title. Um, again, I have to look it up. The second law of authentication dynamics. And that, of course, is a, a play with words, a pun on the yeah. second law of thermodynamics. But first of all, We want to start talking about passwordless authentication because this is the key of that document. Um, so passwords, the passwordless authentication, um, can you start by giving the audience an overview of what passwordless actually is and why it's so important or is considered to be so important right now? Yeah, there's actually a number of technologies that fall under this category of passwordless. Um, and in some cases, they still involve passwords of, of some sort, right? So, but um, but really, <clears throat> there's been um, there's been this co coalition of things happening, coalescence of things happening in the market over the last few years, where people have obviously access to a lot better devices in their hands that are capable of doing things like biometrics. They're also capable of creating uh, on their device uh, a um, For example, PKI material, like you create a private key on your own phone. Um, and so we're, we're starting to see a little bit more decentralization happening because of the presence of these devices. And in addition, we're seeing governments issue identities, especially in Europe. Uh, and that's becoming more common, right? And so they, these are heavily vetted types of, uh, you know, government grade, uh, identities. And so uh, we're able to take advantage of those as well. And so a lot of companies are looking at it and saying, you know, we, we don't want to be in the business of issuing everybody that needs to have access to our resources a credential, right? And so if you can just register one that you already have, whether that's through biometrics or whether that's one of these government IDs or something, then you can start to do very trustful kinds of transactions like uh, create bank accounts. Uh, you can... Uh, you know, without without having to go into a branch to, to fulfill that uh, know your customer requirement. That's sort of right. But yeah, there's a, there's FIDO that's happening. There's a lot of other things that are happening around this idea that you can reuse some form of a strong ID, right? And in that case, uh, you don't have to actually know, create or know a password in order to use it. Right. If I, if I think back, I've joined Kupinger Call 10 years ago. The first time I visited a, or I attended AEIC, I moderated a panel with all those um, experts in the authentication business. And the topic was how to kill the password. And the result was the password cannot be killed. We will have to let it starve. And this is the process that we're going, like going through right now. Yeah, I think so. I, I think we're still a ways out. It's uh, It's... The problem has been something else I mentioned on the on the blog post is that um, is that the utility of passwords is so much better than anything else we've come up with 
that it doesn't it's a password automatically is future proof right as technology changes as new standards come out and you bring in a lot of new and it's happening very rapidly right passwords just have this ability to work in any domain uh in any framework and i think that what happens with them um like the w3c is working on some standards but it but then everybody has to adopt that standard in a relatively short time frame in order for the ubiquity uh, of, of this kind of a technology to actually make it there. So what, how should a, a passwordless system then look like to, to, to contradict you in that point to say, okay, yes, passwords are, are useful. Passwords are still there. Um, if mm -hmm. I said the same sentence to Martin, he, he would at least hit me. Um, Martin Kupinger, so, um, so what can we do? What, what is required? You've mentioned the standards, you've mentioned the adoption. Um, what is the way to, to be better there? Well, you know, I am still skeptical about whether passwordless is the ultimate uh, end game here. I think that there are many new and important technologies that still need to make their way. Uh, and some of that It, some of what I was trying to poke fun at, as it were, uh, when it came to the blog post is just that, you know, maybe maybe we've squozen almost everything we can out of authentication and we need to start looking at other ways to build trust in transactions. Um, is it enough to just know something or have a, you know, a certain fingerprint? <laughs> you know, is that, I mean, ultimately... Just because I can prove that it is in fact me, does that mean that you trust me, right? And I think that we need to start asking those kinds of questions because in some ways, the reason I got into the authenticators thing is that I think we're we're kind of approaching this place where it just doesn't, where it breaks down. It doesn't make sense that just because something you know, something you have, something you are, that that kind of worked for a while and still sort of does. But it's not. It's we need a we need a new idea. So maybe maybe passwordless is a nice off ramp into the next um, phase of figuring out where identity and authentication belong in an overall um, trust relationship. Right. You've mentioned in that blog post that passwordless, and I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's the zeroth factor. <laughs> so it would be below the first factor to use. Yeah. Um, and ca can you elaborate on that idea a bit, what, what you mean by that yeah. and how it differs from traditional multi-factor authentication mechanisms? Yeah, and that can be a little bit confusing because I first used it to point out that there are times when, uh, when I'm using certain types of passwordless technology, like I have a Mac, so uh, the way Safari handles it. Um, basically oftentimes you end up in a situation where I don't have any of those three factors that are, you know, so commonly referred to in, um, in security. Right. But, uh, and so that, that was kind of like zero in that case, but I also meant zero within the sense that, well, maybe it's time that we just sort of reassess what the, what does a factor mean in authentication in the first place? You know, maybe there's some basic, very base level zeroth as we write some some sort of something that comes even before all that you know like that there's an identity that exists out there and we can use that as the foundation the touchstone for many other types of transactions and so it's possible that that there's a kind of an edifice 
um, that we have created around authentication about something you know, something you are, something you have. And maybe it's time to reassess that, you know, and say, you know what, actually, we just need something very base and root level. And a password list looks like it's headed that direction. Right, right. Of course, we cannot talk about your blog post without talking about the second law of authentication dynamics. You draw, right. you drew this, this, this parallel between the second law of thermodynamics and the persistence of passwords. Um, can you talk yeah. a bit more about that? Yeah, as I mentioned, I was watching um, uh, a podcast uh, and uh, Stephen Wolfram ends up defining entropy in a way that I think I've heard others express, but he, he, he was saying that, you know, it's not really a state in which you think about entropy. We like to think of it as on the one end, everything is hyper organized. And if you just let it be on its own, it will dis dis it'll dissolve into something that looks less organized. Okay. And I think that we, his point was, that uh, that's just the preferred state that it wants to be in. There's not a good and a bad state. There's not a highly organized and a disorganized. It just looks like that to a human being, right? Because we want we want structure and <laughs> we want everything to be just so. I think passwords obey that law in the same sense that, you know, on the one hand, we're kind of angry at passwords because, you know, they, they, they're just everywhere, <laughs> right? And it looks like a very disorganized state. But in fact, that's the right state that it should be in, apparently, right? Because that's that's you know the universe is spoken our way, and it's not. And if we if we try to squeeze everything, you know, all of the gaseous elements of a vacuum <laughs> and put it all on one side of the room, um, then that's not that's not natural, and it's probably not really achievable, right? So we need to start thinking about when we, when it comes to authentication and those sorts of things. We need to take into account that there will always be this tendency to to go into some more comfortable state around authentication and identity and, and that sort of thing. So that, that's a long way around, but but I think that just trying to help people who are very irritated by this idea of a password to maybe not be so irritated, right? because it's it, I don't know if there's a way around it, you know, frankly. But we can do other things. We can do. Uh, we can put maybe less emphasis on authentication only, and put more emphasis on uh, interaction and transaction relationships, that sort of thing. We, we, there, we can do a lot to bolster that sort of stuff, right? So, and then, and then, in the end, of the, we're we're just trying to figure out how to how to get people to trust each other, and organizations to trust each other, that sort of thing. Right. But just to be clear, we're not telling organizations to not use MFA. Um, so the, the, what we're saying is there that there will be passwords, and but, but authentication needs to change and evolve in the future, and that's what you're working on, right? Yeah, and I think that when you, even the notion of MFA is that it's it's a process, right? So instead of just having one thing at one time, it's a combination of things. Okay, so we just need to continue down that road and say, all right, and behavioral uh, types of uh, uh, authentication also are in this vein, right? It's almost like another factor as well to watch behavioral types of activities and make sure that if you're logging in from somewhere weird at a weird time, you know, that that, that could be of interest from a security point of view, right? But we need more of that, is what I'm saying, and not, and, and not so much necessarily even stronger and stronger, uh, you know, uh, identities.
Right, and this is a topic that we're currently mainly covering in this fraud reduction and intelligence platforms, which is fraud, which is cybersecurity, which is governance, which is um, making sure that nothing bad happens. But you're moving that also into the authentication, better understanding who we are interacting with aspect, right? That's right. And that we, we should be able to understand what a transaction looks like between us either based on history or expectation on a protocol or something like that. This is something that we'll be talking about, or I will for sure be talking about it at Cyber Revolution coming up here in November, uh, expanding on some of these ideas that, um, you know, it's, it's, we've maybe, we maybe overly emphasized that authentication portion of the transaction a little higher than we need to at this point. And we need to start looking at the remainder of it, you know, and that is closed out in a trustful way and that sort of thing. I think that would be a lot more fruitful. Right. And um, you've mentioned cyber revolution and um, the discussion will need to continue. And maybe there's contradiction to what you're saying, or maybe there are people who just see it right the way that you are seeing it. But nevertheless, we shall and we need to continue that conversation and use such events like the cyber revolution, like the EIC for, for continuing that discussion. Um, And if there are questions from the audience um, or contradictions, if you want to get in touch with Mike or me, um, leave your comment in the comment section of this YouTube video. Or if you're looking or listening to that on another platform, just reach out to Mike and or me uh, via mail. Mail is easy to find at the Cooking a Call website. And of course, follow up with the, with the blog post that we started our Uh, discussion with if you look for the second law of authentication um, uh, dynamics then you think i think you will be quickly there and then you can re easily reach out also to mike any final words when you think of authentication authorization and better understanding before we close down well really only that uh, i hope that people understand that all i'm really saying and asking for is greater scrutiny of some of these things i i don't have all the answers um, I think that this is a very positive direction for the password list, that is, is, is a very important topic. It has been for 20 years, like you mentioned. <laughs> so, so I don't want anybody leaving here thinking that I'm, I'm against any of this sort of uh, important development. But I, 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 all I, but I am advocating for, you know, let's, let's, think, let's think bigger even, right? So hopefully that made sense. Absolutely. And if you think zero trust in the way or how decision-making process takes place there, that's quite obviously the same aspect. We are taking context, we are taking the past with the identity, the identity assurance level, plus the criticality of an access. And all this together is combined into access decision-making. And that's what you're hinting at, right? That's right. Yeah, that's a whole point. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, then thank you very much, Mike, for being my guest for the first time. Um, looking forward to having you soon for discussing more controversial topics um, and to yeah. still kick off discussions that might not be there without that and lead this mm -hmm. discussion at Cyber Evolution. Thank you very much for being my guest today, Mike. Thank you. Thank you.